hate to interrupt Stephen Ray Vaughan, I must say, but it's for a good cause. It's for Mortgage 101, your guide to home ownership with Clinton Wilkins and myself. Todd Vino, that's the only reason, no other reason would I interrupt Stevie Ray Vaughan Clinton. Do you even know who Stevie Ray Vaughan is? You know what? I think this is the second Stevie Ray Vaughan song that we've had on our show. And I think, I assume, and I've heard, you know, obviously I listen to City News 95.7. Yes. And I think you played a few songs before. Including that one. This one. Yes. So this is a regular on uh, on the radio. Yeah, it sure is. And, you know, what better time to have it on than, you know, during Financial Literacy Month? Why do you say that? Well, you know, I think Mary Had a Little Lamb is just a great song because guess what? There's probably a couple different versions out there. Mesa's White as Snow. Yeah. Got anything else to say? You want to wrap up the show right there? I mean, you know what else I want to say? I wonder if he played this on a Stratocaster. Oh, yes. Yes. Now you know the difference between a Stratocaster. And you know what? We know a few things about mortgage lending, too, and we'll certainly get okay, into that. Okay, well, let's, see, let's see if you remember which other iconic musician, guitar player, played a Stratocaster. A can- the a can- most a iconic. Canadian? No. Living in Nova Scotia? No. No, okay. The, most, the most iconic Canadian Not artist. Canadian. Where are you getting the Canadian? I thought it was Canadian. No. Who revolutionized the Stratocaster? We talked about this last time. It wasn't last time. Jimi Hendrix. Okay. For all the Jimi Hendrix fans out there, I do apologize, but I was born in the early 80s, so maybe oh. you'll give me a little bit of a break. <laughs> I'll, bet you he, uh, I'll bet you he never had a mortgage. Uh, who knows? I don't know. I can tell you that there's certainly a lot of self-employed musicians that certainly do have a mortgage. And, you know, we have done mortgages for lots of self-employed people, including musicians. And I can tell you there's certainly some local musicians here that might even be listening to our show right now that uh, are clients of ours. Well, if they're not listening, then they're missing out. Bottom line. I, I think they're missing out, and I think we're going to have a lot of great content in November. So, you know, Todd and I obviously want to outline this for us because maybe you're just going to continue listening to our shows all month long. Um, this is the very first, this is a kickoff for, for Financial Literacy Month, and we'll talk a little bit about that uh, later on here in our first segment. Uh, we're also going to be live, taking calls live on the air. We're going to be back live, which is going to be exciting. On News 95.7, right here on News 95.7. Well, I thought it was City News 95.7. You're absolutely right. The first blunder of our show, but that's okay. I did that on purpose. I wanted to see if you how much you care. I think, you know what, you're certainly keeping me on my toes. And, um, you know, nothing keeps me on the on my toes more than mortgage lending. There's a yeah. lot going on right now, obviously, in Nova Scotia and mortgage lending here. Uh, we're going through a regulatory process and um, a lot going on with real estate. So I think there's going to be, you know, some good chats. We're really going to do some deep dives this month into really what does financial literacy month mean for you and why is november even important like why should anyone care about financial literacy this is a national thing right this is a national thing from the uh, financial consumer agency of canada and it's well it's been 10 years now that financial literacy month has been um you know celebrated talked about um you know respected in november and you know for the last several years we have been doing a lot of um information out to our clients you know, we've obviously been doing a lot on the radio and podcasts and, you know, TV around Financial Literacy Month. It's really around education and it's around breaking down these barriers. And, you know, there certainly are some barriers around financial literacy, Todd. Yeah. Like, you know, we hear it all the time. You know, I think sometimes it's, it's easy as maybe having the conversation, you know, in your household. But it is a hard conversation to have. And a lot of people are not brought up to talk about, you know, personal finances. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a hard conversation to have unless you've been having them. And, and let's give credit where credit is due. Some people have done a great job with Financial Literacy Month. 
I think so, yeah, for yeah. sure. And yeah. I and and we're not just financial literacy month, financial literacy, literacy period. period. Exactly. And you know, I think it really starts kind of at home, and I think it even starts really, at, you know, in schools. I think it's just so important. So you know, if there are teachers listening to our show, um, I think you know, at least having the conversations and you know, bringing some real world examples is really important. Do they teach it in school, to your knowledge, at all? They do in high school. There certainly are some segments around financial literacy. Mm-hmm. I know when I was going to school, it was pretty basic. Mm-hmm. You know, it was really more about, like, what is a bank account? How do you write a check? They even did that much. Yeah, they did that much. Yeah. Um, but now I think it's certainly more involved. Um, at this month, I'm actually doing two classes at a high school here in, in uh, Halifax. You are? I'm doing two classes uh, for Financial Literacy Month talking about uh, mortgage lending and how does a mortgage work. It's for a, you know advanced math class, and one of the teachers uh, asked me to do it a couple of years ago, and she's having me back in. So, you know, these are things that, you know, kind of makes it interesting for me and kind of get, uh, you know, out of our comfort zone. Do they call you a professor? I don't think they call me professor. They probably call me like, hey, you. But or, or something else other than after you leave. You know what? You, I think they really like it. And <laughs> you know you know why I think um, the students really like having, you know, maybe someone coming in that has that real world, world experience? Because I think they're kind of like interested and they ask a lot of questions. Like I've certainly been to classes before and I've just, you know, talk for an hour, leave, no kind of engagement. Mm-hmm. But I think with these um, kids, at least in this class, uh, and this teacher, the ki- the kids are just so, so engaged. Yeah. And uh, she and her husband, I actually know for a fact, are listeners of uh, City City News 95.7. So I, they I like how you get that right. right. Let me ask you a question. We've done this now for a long time. You and I have mm-hmm. developed uh, quite a rapport, quite a pedigree, a brand. I would say you and I are a brand in and of ourselves, which is great. And although there's a, a means to an end towards doing that, and that's to drive business and all of that, and we get that. However... It's good. It is a nice thing, I'm sure, for you to know that there that you you have helped people who who have never given you a call. You've never, but knowing that that some of these people have got walked away with something greatly beneficial, and will have benefited their family situation and their lives because of what we're doing right now. I think it certainly does feel good, and and you know my first motivator is not for people to call us, Todd. And I don't want to like just say that. I mean, you know, people do call. Like that's just reality. The people want to call and talk to a trusted source. But really, our big motivation on doing the show, you know, we've been doing it really in this type of format and and prior to this live on the air for the last three years. And, you know, it really is around education. And, you know, I don't think there is that much education available out there in the mortgage space. Obviously, buying a home is the biggest purchase of your life and mortgage is the biggest debt. And I think we're breaking down some of these these barriers. Would Um, there be anybody else doing anything like this? I mean, let's. I, I, think, I think it may be anybody. like in a smaller format they do. You know, yeah. there's some markets across the country where they do um, some similar shows like this. But um, here's what's going to be interesting. I'm going to be curious to see what happens in, in 2022, you know, for us. Obviously, a lot's changed with City News. And who knows? Maybe listeners will be listening to our, our show that we do from across the country. And I think that's really exciting. You know, we've broken down some of the barriers can you imagine like who wants to talk about real estate and mortgage lending who would have thought like it's really that complex and that interesting well i think i think people thought it was complex and therefore that's why they didn't have the conversations and maybe they still don't want to have it because sometimes having those hard conversations you know it's not fun it's not fun yeah you know these are things that we need to talk about and 
through this show today and through the rest of the month, we're really going to talk about income, we're going to talk about assets, and we're going to talk about credit, and we're going to do a deep dive into all of these things. So if there's anything that you want to talk, you know, for us to talk about live on the air, you know, or in our show that we're going to have at the end of this month, Mm -hmm. certainly write us, write Todd, and we'd love to, you know, chat about it. And, uh, you know, we'd love to kind of do a deep dive and we want to know what you want to know. So, you know, feel free to reach out to us. What are you excited about the most about getting back on the air live and taking calls? Well, I think, I think you hit, kind of hit it on the nose. I think taking the calls is going to be really interesting. And, you know, I think that was one of the biggest challenges that we had when it was live. You know, when you're live on the air, you're answering these questions. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they're very complex. Sometimes they're up to left field. I mean, I think it depends, you know, it, it, like who's, who's calling and what the question is. But there's some really, really good questions. Yeah. And these are questions that, you know, listeners are interested about and things that may impact their specific situation. And my guess, if they're asking these questions, there's other people that want to know those same answers. And you always want to validate somebody's concerns, right, or questions. You don't want to ever just dismiss it and say, oh. Always make sure that in a genuine way, and I think you do that. I think you connect with people. I think, you know, certainly that is the objective, is that we can connect with them, and I hope that, you know, we can kind of slow it down and explain it. You know, I think sometimes I speak quickly, but we really try to explain it in you know everyday language and um we're gonna be back on our next segment we're gonna have a special guest uh yeah i wanted to talk about that but that's just your unbridled enthusiasm i know i'm just so excited that's right so you're let's you so your guests are leanne yeah leanne miles she is uh an associate mortgage broker here in our office she's actually working out of our dartmouth office and uh she's been with us for over three years so we're we're super proud of leanne and I think she has a, a lot of really great life experience, and I hope that we can dr- drill down a little bit on the, our, our next segment. And uh, later on the show, we're going to bring a realtor in. Wow, I've had that realtor on my show. And, you know, I think hopefully he'll be able to share lots of great insights about what's going on here in Halifax and uh, the real estate market. I'm sure that he will. So as uh, we just mentioned, lots to talk about a Mortgage 101, your guide to home ownership here on City News 95.7. We'll be right back. Would you like to dance? I can dance. <laughs> I mean, I can probably dance too. I don't know. All right. It's Mortgage 101 right here on City News 95.7, your guide to home ownership. And it feels crowded right now. I'm used to having Clinton Wilkins all to myself. I have to share him. I mean, sometimes sharing is caring, don't you think? I don't know. We've got to get used to it. Leanne Miles, Leanne Miles, part of your team, is here. Leanne's an associate mortgage broker sounds like a fancy schmancy title to me leanne is I, it it's it's a new title new licensing in nova scotia that we have to abide by oh yeah yeah what do you do tell everybody about it uh well uh they brought in new rules recently and Who's they stop being so vague okay the government of nova scotia <laughs> okay. brought in new rules the province the province yeah. uh mortgage brokers had to uh complete a course mm-hmm. 13 modules and then we had to write an exam it was about a four-hour exam and uh, how did you do? I did it in half an hour, and I'm pretty sure I only had one that I didn't make right. Oh, is that right? Yes. Good for you. Yeah. So, so is that like confidence or skill, or you just feel like you really, you know, knocked it out of the park? 
I know uh, you did a lot of studying. I did a lot of studying. I put the time in and what I didn't know, mm -hmm. I learned. And the only one that I didn't know is the one with the calculation. See, this is why I asked the questions, not him. <laughs> I know. I just love taking over, though. Don't you think? <laughs> yes, but the audience <laughs> may not. However, uh, to that, what? tell us about Leanne. She, what, what made you decide now is a good time to, to bring uh, Leanne into the conversation? Well, you know, I think that we've always wanted to bring, you know, some guests on the show. And I think, you know, for Financial Literacy Month, it's good to bring some other perspective. I mean, our audience has heard me talk about mortgage lending for years. Let's bring in a little bit of other perspective. Yeah. And, you know, team is not just one person, right? And I think that's so important. And Leanne really is very amazing with what she does and the relationships that she has with her clients. Mm -hmm. And I think in some cases, Leanne gets things done that Clinton wouldn't even try to get done. So, you know, hats off to Leanne. Give me an example of, of that. Leanne, you tell me what you, what you think that you would get done that Clinton does not get done. Um, there's a few products that I'm very familiar with on the alternative side, as mm -hmm. well as with some other lenders. Um, you know, I have a couple right now buying a home. Um, they both work part time. They don't have pay stubs yet, but he's got a $5,000 pension and they're buying a home for 450 and that's been approved. Okay, so alternative side, what exactly is that? Alternative is when you don't fit traditional lending and maybe your income isn't uh, sufficient for a regular bank. Mm -hmm. um, maybe you're self-employed, mm -hmm. um, you know, you work on contract, that kind of thing. Those right. We take those people to alternative lenders. So that's really what, uh, that's one of the things that, that sets you apart from just somebody going into their bank branch, whichever it might be and saying, I want a mortgage and going to the corner office and doing that. This is what separates, and you've been talking about this, so I'm not going to ask you to mention it anymore because we've heard you say it enough. We've heard Clinton talk. That's right. But Leanne, this is kind of what sets you guys apart as to why you guys can do what other bankers can't do or what bankers can't do, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, just having that knowledge and that, you know, all the different products that we have at our access mm -hmm. and learning them and learning them inside out so that you can deploy them in the right moment. Yeah, absolutely. hundred uh, percent. So what, what, uh, what do you think it's when it comes to financial literacy month, you've dealt like Clinton's talked a lot about this, but, where, what do you? What would you like people to know? What are some things that you just t time and time again you think, man, I wish people should know more about this stuff. Financial liter. Okay, so first-time home buyers, millennials. It's uh, the the rules of two two two, and that's something that I think that many young people don't understand. They come to me. They've bought a car. They feel really proud. They've got a couple of student loans, but they've never had any sort of revolving debt. Mm -hmm. And so when you're buying a house with 5% down, you're using the insurer, CMHC, Sage and Canada Guarantee. And when we use those people, they want to see us um, have you know, revolving debt on their credit bureau. So when you're 18 years old or 19 years old, I think it's 19 in Nova Scotia mm -hmm. before you can uh, you know, start credit, you need to start to build two credit cards. You need uh, to get those. This is revolving debt that you're referring to. Revolving debt. So yeah. a line of credit or a credit card. Yeah. You need to have two of those. You need to have them up to $2,000 and you need to have them for two years. Right. So I, I guess some would say when you're young, why would you need all of that stuff? Because some will be irresponsible and it's not a good ending. Right. And that's okay because the bank doesn't want to lend that person the money anyway if they're going to be irresponsible. You have to learn how to manage that debt mm -hmm. to prove to the bank that you can do it. It's like it's like a game. And if you know the rules of the game, you can play the game. If you don't know the rules, you can't get in the game. Right. So how would anybody young know this? They, they wouldn't generally. Hey. They wouldn't generally. I think Clinton does a and great you job. Know what? They've made a lot of mistakes. Like, Leanne, you've seen this. And I think some of the alternative lending that you have done 
is maybe taught like it's a result of, you know, making mistakes when you're younger. Absolutely. You know, I would say for me, I don't know about you, Leanne, but a lot of the issues that I see on consumers' credit bureaus are student loans, cell phones, and the smallest little credit card accounts. People don't feel like a $10 payment is important, mm-hmm. which I think is just, I don't know, it, it's around education. It's education, and it's also getting that education in the right point in your life. Because us telling people, you know, when they're 17, 18 years old, they're hearing it, but they're not hearing it in the right moment. So I think getting the messaging out there at all times, because we're not hitting the people maybe at the point in the life when they need it. And mm-hmm. by going on repeat and explaining this stuff, we'll hit them, and maybe it'll come into their minds that they should actually, you know, take action and do this right and start building it and i mean maybe that's the goal here todd and you know leanne like we're speaking to people maybe young people aren't aren't listening to our show so maybe maybe there's not a lot of 18 and 19 year olds maybe they are i don't know yes but maybe their parents are to be like hey kid you should get a credit card and maybe make sure that you use it responsibly Mm -hmm. use it and pay it use it and pay it right you need to get two Mm -hmm. because i have had many people that have come to me with one credit card maybe with a four thousand dollar limit and it's just not enough so if somebody gets a credit card at that particular age should they should be using it to get a points card use it and pay it off on a monthly basis or what i tell people they not use it i wouldn't use it as money I would use it to I would set my credit card up to be fully paid off Mm -hmm. at the end of the month so that way but use it on a not carrying a balance but have an active don't just get it and put in filing cabinet yeah you need to use it you need to use Mm -hmm. it but don't utilize it any more than 50% of the balance right so if you get a 2000 limit never go beyond 1000 and that includes the interest yeah because I think the one key is whatever reports on the statement is what reports on the credit bureau right what about that uh, tell us um, East Link, those types of things. Are Make they, it automatic, I think. Is, no, but is that all part of this uh, revolving debt? Is no. It? It's not. No. Your cell phone does not form part of that matrix. It does not. But, however, it can hurt you, can it not, if, if you if you had payments Absolutely. not made? Yeah. So that doesn't seem fair. It's not part of the matrix, but if you're not making the payments, it's going pu- to be punitive. I don't think that's fair. It's not fair. The rules changed about five years ago. I will tell you, like 10 years ago in this industry, if we were, you know, dealing with a client and cash flow was an issue, you know, we would say, well, just don't pay your cell phone bill, but pay your credit bill, credit card bill because your cell phone's not reporting. Well, that stuff is reporting now. So it doesn't give you the points, but it, it you know, you need to pay your bills. If you're going to yeah. take something on, you need to be responsible and pay it. What about a new car, new car per- purchase, like something small lease, something like that? Is that a good thing to do? It is. It shows that you're uh, you have the ability to pay, but if you don't get those revolving debts, but you're not is, in the game. Is that a revolving debt though? No, that's it's an not. installment loan. It's, it's an installment, installment loan. loan. I see. So I think it's about the mix, right, Leanne? Like, yeah. it's about having some installment. It's about having some revolving, and it's about managing the credit appropriately. You know, you don't want to go above that utilization. You want to make sure you make all your payments. And you know, Todd, I think cell phones—they're notorious, honestly notorious. But what I always say to consumers is get it on an automatic payment. Maybe that's something that comes off the credit card and then you pay off the credit card once a month. Yeah. Absolutely. Called a pad, is it? Yeah, like a pre-authorized debit Yeah. or pre-authorized payment. What about insurance payments and all that that's not part of? Doesn't get reported. So I think the doesn't... only time and maybe that we can use some of this additional stuff is if yeah. there is really thin credit. And sometimes it's new to Canada or, uh, you know, they'll allow us to use things like rent payments. 
to kind of supplement or or Nova Scotia Power. So if I've got somebody that is new to Canada or even a, even a student and they've mm-hmm. had a credit card maybe for three years and it's a four thousand dollar limit and maybe we can prove that they have twelve months of paying their rent, we can use the rent as a supplemental. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it's harder to get it done. Right. If you want a sure shot at getting a mortgage. Follow the, uh, the rule of two. Well, I would say that that's excellent information. And uh, guess what? We are plumb out of time with you as a guest. What do you think of that, Leanne? Wow, that was fast. Time flies. Time flies. How do people get a hold of you, Leanne? They can call us here at the office, 482-2770. We want them to call you, though. They if call. It all goes to the same place. It all place. goes to the same place, and but the girls for, will get me. But ask for Leanne Miles. Absolutely. Do you have a nickname? Not really. Hey, you. <laughs> Just call me. <laughs> Thank you, Leanne. You're welcome. That's Leanne Miles, and she's an associate mortgage broker. Give them a call here. Is it Centum? Is that what we're calling you? Centum Home Lenders are franchise, but we really kind of refer to it, and we answer the phone. It's Clinton Wilkins Mortgage Team, and, you know, we are a team, and we all work together. So. You got it. Okay. Thanks, Leanne. Thank you. We'll be right back on City News 95.7. All right, welcome back to Mortgage 101, your guide to home ownership, right here on City News 95.7 in Halifax. Hopefully you're enjoying the show. And uh, we've got a song that I've never heard before, but uh, I guess that just puts me out of touch, doesn't it, Clinton? And when is this song from? Like five, six, seven years ago, something like that? I have no idea. I just said I've never heard it. Well, guess what? There's a first for everything, isn't it? I wonder if this is played on a Stratocaster. Can't see it. Sounds no. more like a synthesizer to me. Maybe. Who knows? Anyway, we've got another guest with us. We do. The studio's crowded today. I mean, you know what? I think, you know, more the merrier. Let's oh. let, let's keep it interesting. Sure. I think why don't we just call Why don't we just open the windows and ask everybody who wants to come in on just to join us? You know what? I don't think that that might be super possible, but, you know, I think there, there could be a solution that we could just keep on bringing people in. We just might have to go all day. Though. I'd like to be a little more consulted, by the way, when we're producing these things. I, I was not consulted about any of this. You just put it together, and you did not ask me anything. But it's all in your email, so that's where the first uh, the first fail is. The text message is better, right, Todd? That's right. All right, so without further ado, let's mention why it's more crowded in here. I'm just kidding, of course. James Dwyer joins us. James Dwyer is a real estate advisor. He's actually been on my radio talk show before and uh, offered great advice to my listeners. He's with Angle and Volk and Volkers. Is that how you say that? Close enough. Yeah, Angle, no, Angle and Volkers. Angle, not Angle. No, I think it sounds, should be Angle. Are you sure? Well, where I come from, everyone calls it uh, Anchors and uh, Volkswagen. So, oh, well, that's, that's easy. That's that's great, actually. <laughs> All right, tell us a little bit about the depth of your experience in in the real estate world here in HRM. Yeah, I'm uh, coming up on my tenth year in business now. Um, originally from Newfoundland, and so. Um, Built my business actually with first-time buyers uh, in 2012, 2013 mm-hmm. at the beginning of uh, a buyer's market. So mm-hmm. um, being in this type of a market is definitely a, a flip, if you will, from from what I kind of cut my teeth with. Teeth yeah. with, But uh, it's definitely uh, definitely interesting times for sure. Yeah, Ten years is, is uh, that's a pretty good, you get you get a decade under your belt, you, you've seen pretty much everything, right? Yeah, I, I think so. And again, it comes down to the ebb and flow of being, you know, buyer's market, a balanced market, a seller's market, and, mm-hmm. and having the the know-how to navigate all three of those, I think, is yeah. a cornerstone to, to success in this I business. wouldn't want to be building your your business off first-time business home buyers right now. No, 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 exactly. Uh, it's, it's, it's the pivot, right, from one yeah. to the other uh, throughout, throughout the marketplace, but... 
ultimately, you know, uh, the things that you learn through the business and throughout the years uh, from rep representing both sides, um, you know, brings a lot to the table to, to help both. Mm -hmm. Give us an update on the market right now. Uh, man, we're, we're lacking inventory. You know, uh, fundamentally, the, the biggest issue right now is that, you know, over the summer, we've seen median sale price kind of drop month over month over month. And then September, bam, it, it jumped right back up and wiped out all those losses. And then, you know, you're thinking, oh, wow, the demand must be back. But it, it's it's a lack of inventory. So uh, September 2020, we had 840 houses, I believe, came on the market. Mm -hmm. uh, September this year was just over 400. So, oh, wow. you know, that's half, half the inventory. Yeah. Uh, and if anything we see in what happened in... 2021 in January, February, March. I mean, it was it was the wild, wild west, and it's because there was no inventory. And so, if we're seeing these numbers now, uh, I wonder what we're going to be up against when we get into those months in January, February, March, April, um, with those you know, with the inventory levels continue to de right. decrease even more so than what they were in 2020. Are you seeing the multiple offers, James, that we were seeing kind of before? Because I've heard you know through the grapevine that yeah there's less listings but the competition isn't as fierce as it was is that right 100 percent. yeah okay. it's it sputters um we brought on a number of listings over the last two weeks and some have been just you know traditional lots of viewings mm -hmm. multiple multiple offers um seen a lot of properties with deadlines come and go uh and then all of a sudden your inbox is full the next morning right. because everyone thinks they're skirting around the competition uh, and I think it's just, you know, buyers' evolution of, of how to handle this environment, right? They're not getting caught up into it as much as they were before. And I think it's just, it's just the evolution of the strategies for, you know, real estate agents to, to get the best for their clients. So why are they not getting caught up into it in the way that they were before? I think we saw a lot of fatigue in the market, uh, particularly uh, leading up into uh, the spring market of this year and then over the summer. Uh, we've seen a subtraction a little bit of uh, some of the interprovincial migration uh, and then the local buyer just kind of taking a step back saying, you know what, uh, maybe I'll take the summer, relax yeah. a little bit, and then the fall just kind of really pick things back up, especially with local clients. Yeah. Um, we've been able to get a, a, quite a, a large number of them into homes um, August, September. Right. So the people uh, Ontario, we heard about this kind of rush of people living in Ontario, Calgary, all these large mm -hmm. areas saying, hey, I can sell my property and go to Halifax and, and, or Nova Scotia and do quite well. Mm -hmm. yeah. Less of that's going on then? Is that what you're telling it, me? It, it would appear on the surface, yeah. I mean, they're still there. I mean, there's still a lot of that exodus coming through um, th coming through through here, but we're starting to see a lot less. Uh, you know, I, I, really I really believe it comes down to the environment, right? So in the last shutdown in Ontario, and I believe they had probably one of the worst shutdowns in North America. Yeah, I would right? agree. And so what do you think most of these people were doing? They were on their phone all the time, and they were going, you know what, i got to get out of here. And they're looking at properties all day because they couldn't go anywhere, couldn't do anything. Yes. Right? Yeah. So, so I think that led to some of that, you know, hotness that we, we felt in January, February, mm -hmm. March. And then when their shutdown lifted, after our shutdown lifted, it was summertime. And I don't know if that, about you guys, but I mean, if that was me, I think I would have sat back and if I was living in Ontario, I'd be like, you know what? This is going to be my summer. Yeah. yeah. I'm not looking at real estate. I'm going to be living at the beach and, you know, to the bar and we've, to the barbecue. We've definitely seen that lately. I can tell you that like every third call was a call from Ontario. Like James, yeah. you saw this. We're not getting that influx of calls even in our office mm -hmm. right now, which I think is interesting. Now, James, I, I, want, I have a good question for you. Um, Earlier this week, the province was kind of floating around an idea of an additional maybe detransfer tax for out-of-province buyers. Have you heard any rumblings, um, you know, for any consumers that are basically looking out of province now uh, with this maybe, you know, getting sworn into, you know, law next year? 
I think when you look at the type of property that a lot of these people are looking towards, um, that extra 2%, um, I don't think it's going to make that much of a difference in yeah. their eyes because they're coming from markets where their values of their homes are usually two or three times higher right. than ours. Yeah. So most likely they're, they're financing very small portions, if at all. And so if you're throwing an extra five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 at them as, as, as an upfront expense, I think this is the cost of doing business with yeah, them. Yeah, I, right? I, I would, I would agree. For yeah, sure. I or think more, it should another be Another tax grab for the government. Well, exactly. I think uh, more importantly, though, if, if they were going to be doing something like a tax, I think they should have been looking at something like, you know what, maybe you defer for detransfer tax for first-time home buyers mm -hmm. to help stimulate that because the first-time home buyer has more expenses than anyone yeah, else in the process that of one, buying a that home. That one and a half percent, right? And, and yeah. less cash. They have, yeah, the, the, less, the least less amount cash. of cash and they have to come up the most because they have yeah. no equity to work with, mm -hmm. right? So if the government was like, if they were really serious about it and getting, you know, Scotians that were first-time home buyers into properties, mm -hmm. maybe you'd say instead of doing an upfront cash payment, maybe you defer it, tie it into property taxes or, and then defer it over a five-year period. That way the government still gets their money. And two, it's not so, so much of a financial burden for that buyer, yeah. right? Rather than yeah. throwing this tax at, 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 at uh, yeah. interprovincial migration. Yeah, probably not going to go for that, though, because they like their 1.5% upfront. Exactly. Well, I think in that 1.5%, in that uh, you know, is really going to the municipality. And I know That's every true. municipality yeah. is obviously a little bit different. I'm curious, though, if maybe the province would visit something similar to what they do in New Brunswick and in PEI, where non-residents and properties that are, are rentals actually pay a higher property taxes, mm -hmm. you know, going forward. Mm -hmm. Maybe that would be more of a deterrent if we're actually looking to defer or deter, you know, people that are trying to buy rental properties or, you know, second homes or whatever in the province. I wonder if that would make it a difference. Yeah, I think I think it would. But I mean, you know, look across the board. I mean, Ontario just recently, we're you know, talking to agents out there and it's like secondary homes, cottages, camps, that sort of stuff. Like they're non-existent on the market mm -hmm. in Ontario. They don't even exist. Because they all got bought in 2020, right? Yeah. And so they pivoted and said, okay, where else do we go? Okay, cool. Nova Scotia, I can get all that for, for practically nothing and beyond the ocean, right? And so we're starting to see that pivot coming through. So I don't know if it's sustainable over the long term. Mm. And right? I don't I think, think we really have, and I don't think we have the uh, like the empty homes and yeah. the empty condos like no. they do maybe in some of these other markets. Because mm -hmm. I know mm. in BC and Ontario, that is a bit of the concern. Yeah. And I think, you know, the real estate market there uh, is inflated due to the demand, but there actually is supply that's just being tied up. Yeah, I think you're right on that. Uh, there was an agent uh, in Ontario who... One of his clients actually wanted to know very specifically who was the buyer agents representing. Were they actually representing people looking to buy homes or were these investors? Right. And for whatever reason, they wanted to sell somebody that was looking at it as a proper home. But they found it was about 80% were actually investors. And this really? is downtown Toronto. Wow. And so now they've made a part of their process as to collect that data to find out where these buyers are coming from. Because if you're seeing that level of investment coming out of Toronto, it's only going to trickle down to, to, to the rest of us, right? Yeah. yeah, I think that's a good point. Yeah, James, a question for you, uh, don't run out of time. When you are have first-time home buyers and they've they've got their approval, they've gone, they've, they've, we know what they're approved, and and you have them out there and they're looking around and they're mm -hmm. getting bid in bidding wars. How difficult is it to watch them lose these bidding wars and get frustrated because it's got to be part of it and you have to obviously 100%. deal with that. Yeah, tell us 100%. about that experience that you're dealing with right now. Yeah, no, without a doubt. I mean, a lot of this though really comes down to that initial conversation. You know, I, I have it with all my first time buyers. Like, it's it's hard not to fall in love with a home, right? I mean, yeah. you do stupid things when you fall in love with houses. Yeah. So I always say to keep my try to keep my clients grounded. 
you got to look at this a fundamental reason is it's a business investment first and foremost right mm-hmm. and when you can take it from that mindset you know you're less likely to make some of those mistakes some of those emotional decisions in the biggest purchase of your life like that's the last thing you want to do is to grossly overpay for for any home unfortunately in the market that we're in yeah you're probably going to have to overpay a little bit but if you can kind of keep that within the right framework of the marketplace mm-hmm. you know if the market houses are selling like that you just never want to be that guy yeah. right yeah. And, and that's part of my job is to bring that information to give that information to my clients so they can make educated decisions when they're making these offers mm-hmm. and you know what i always tell them the same thing too is that you know what, there's a good chance you're probably gonna lose a couple of these offers because guess what? Somebody is gonna come in there and be that person that does this with their offer price. And it may not be a good decision because you know what, they're probably making an emotional decision. What about people on the other side of that that are are selling and and it's probably a good thing they don't meet, right? They don't meet the person people offering on the homes because they might like them (laughs) and want to give them a deal or whatever, so. Yeah, normally, you know, we always kind of keep that that, that separation, right? Um, yeah. You know, as a professional, you know, uh, service that we provide, I mean, it's it's it's, it's creating that buffer, yeah. right? But so that, so we don't get why is it important that that buffer is in place? Do you think? It's so that you know, there's there's not rash decisions or 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 personality inf- or information that's given up in such a way that could hamper or hinder your 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 opportunity to purchase or sell, right? Yeah. Yeah. What, what do you think about these love letters? I'm seeing some of these come through. Yeah, I mean, how many love letters have you guys sent? What do you mean? Like in your life, I don't know. But like I'm seeing love letters coming in with these offers. Yeah. Oh, is that right? Yeah, it, it was quite common over, a quite common tactic we've seen in 2020. Okay. And you it mean kinda, love about the house? Well, it's almost like a, a letter of like why we want to buy your house. Oh, well, I see. I could see my, you know, me and my wife and raise our kids here oh. and our little dog, Lucky, will love the front Pull yard. Pull at the heartstrings. Exactly, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, but it, for, it forms it part of the purchase agreement and like the yeah. lenders are getting this. And you know what? I think a couple of people have been caught up because there's been some half-truths in yeah. like these these letters so i, I, think d- it's I don't know I, I like i i be honest with you it, like if you're selling your house and someone offers you i don't know fifty thousand dollars more than anybody else that offered yeah do you is a letter really going to have an impact at that stage i don't think probably not you know fifty thousand yeah. dollars or, or a nice little but if, there, if, if there's two it could work against them yeah it could yeah. work against them but i think you know if there's two offers and everything being equal like which one do they pick Exactly. And in some cases, they might really hate the letter. I don't know. Well, in the United States, <laughs> or be annoyed. They, in the United States, they actually banned them. NAR. Oh, have they? Okay. Yeah, they they, they banned them all together uh, for multiple multitude of reasons. Because you can also get discrimination through it too. Of right? course, yeah. yeah. Right. And I think that's a really fun line for sure. Yeah. yeah. How do people get a hold of you? Easily, you can look me up at uh, jamesdwyer.ca or uh, check us out at anglevolkers.com. Just as simple as that. Yeah. Okay. And do you like Clinton? Clinton's wonderful. You just say that because he gives you business. I mean, it's reciprocal, you know, James probably sends me more clients than I sent James. So, you know, all right, that's enough of the love in here. (laughs) Well, you know what? (laughs) Love letters, love it all. It's it's not, it's not even February, but it is financial literacy month. So uh, thanks for that. James, thanks for coming in. We appreciate your time. Thank you very much. That's James Dwyer. Is it Angle? Angle. Angle and Volkers. Good Lord, Todd, get it right. Angle and Volkers. We'll be right back on Mortgage 101, your guide home ownership right here on City News 95.7. We need lots of education because it's Financial Literacy Month. And that's what it's all about on Mortgage 101, your guide to home ownership with Clinton Wilkinson and myself, Todd Vino, right here on City News 95.7, in which I'm a radio host. You are like the official, you are like the poster boy of City News 95.7. I am the poster boy. 
What do you think of that? That means that you're like the the chief talk show uh, personality, which I think is really cool. And, you know, we're proud to have you here as a part of our brand and getting the great messaging out around financial literacy. And you know what, Todd? I think you've broken down a lot of barriers. You think? You know, with listeners. Yeah, How totally. so? How so? Financial, nobody wants to talk about financial literacy. But, you know what? We are bringing it to the forefront, which I think is really cool. And, you know, we're talking about a lot of really interesting things like building credit. We're talking about real estate, um, to first-time home buyers. And, you know, these are great conversations to have. And I, I hope it's uh, lots of great content. And I, I must say, I truly enjoyed our chat with Leanne and James. Good yeah. guest. They're, re- they're, re- they're really cool. And you know what? They're masters of what they do. And, yeah. you know, I think it's really important. You know, do I think Clinton is be all and end all of mortgage lending? I mean, I've overseen over 4,000 transactions. So, you know, I've certainly have seen a lot, but I haven't seen it all. And I think it's really important to bring in, you know, the people that have seen it. Like, for example, Leanne does a lot of alternative lending and she does, you know, some lending that, um, maybe it takes a little bit more you know work to make it happen which is really cool and and james is a licensed real estate professional here in the province of nova scotia and you know what i don't think it's a really great time to be a realtor i think it's a really hard time to be a realtor in my opinion um you know there's not a lot of inventory out there and if you're working with first-time home buyers you know some of these buyers are you know getting tired and you need to make a lot of offers sometimes to even get a transaction so it takes a lot of you know guts to do it and it's not just the opening the door and turning on the lights. And I think sometimes that's a perception that people have of, mm-hmm. of realtors, but you know, they work really, really hard and um, you know, they're really there to protect you for the biggest purchase. Yeah. You know, we are here as mortgage brokers and, you know, talking about financial literacy to protect your finances and you know, the mortgage is the biggest debt, but it takes a village sometimes to, uh, to make it happen. And, and we love to share, you know, things about financial literacy with the village, which is really our listeners here on City News 95.7. Yeah. Okay, so when it comes to mortgage lending and, and the application process, and, and I, I guess we'll kind of transition into some of that educational component mm-hmm. to it. Might as well, right? This is what we're doing. We haven't really done this yet. Let's talk about, let's, let's start educating people on what they should do when it comes to being... L- financially literate and and getting ready to, for the initial process of buying a home what are what are some first things that you would recommend that they do well there's really three cornerstones of mortgage lending you know the first one is credit and then there's assets and then there's income i think knowing where you stand in all of kind of those cornerstones are, is really important and sometimes consumers and you know, might have an issue with one of those cornerstones and it doesn't mean it's the end of the world it doesn't mean that you can never get a mortgage ever there's always a solution, um, but I think you know, as as we've stated, sometimes the more challenging files, you might have to have a little bit more skin in the game. It might be higher risk to the lender. That's okay. There's always a way to make it work, um, and sometimes it's just about that feedback and making a roadmap and making a plan. Um, you know, I we talk a little bit about the blog post that we have on our website. Um, you know, we have I think over 500 blog posts on there, and. Several years ago, I wrote a blog post that said, you know, any consumer can get a mortgage in 72 months or less, regardless of what their situation is. Yeah, 72 months is a long time. You know, that's that's six years. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the sins that you've done today are going to stay with you maybe for a while. But usually if people have a bit of a challenge, you know, if, and I'm t- usually talking about things like credit. If there is a challenge, it doesn't stay on there forever. It does eventually go away. 
it's not like you're in purgatory forever. And I think the, 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 the real key is if there has been some challenges before, you know, you need to learn from your mistakes. And I think some of that is education and we love educating the consumers. And I think, you know, that's really sometimes what differentiates a unbiased mortgage professional from maybe someone walking into the branch. We see the actual credit bureau. So we see the skinny, we know what's going on. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we know when there's mispayments, we know what the utilization is. We know kind of what the high limit on that account was. We can see all these things. And I sometimes feel at, at the branch level, they don't necessarily see the credit score or the report kind of in detail of like what we see. Um, so I think, you know, for us, we're able to, you know, work with the consumer. And we also use, um, a commercial account with Equifax and you know we've done investigations for consumers because sometimes there's errors on the credit report right but credit isn't the be-all and end-all of mortgage lending it's not just the I have good credit yes I'm gonna get the best rate I can do 5% down it, 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 it's it, one of the pillars it's though. definitely one of the pillars yeah but I think income is just as important yeah absolutely you need to be able to service the debt yeah. you don't want to sit in a home that you can't afford and you need to eat craft dinner i'm going to bring back some of these things that i've said over it's the last craft dinner yeah i like craft dinner too but you don't want to have to have to eat the craft dinner and you don't want to sit in a home that you can't furnish so you know obviously having income and being responsible with your indebtedness mm -hmm. and that's the house but that the indebtedness might also um talk about car loans or maybe unsecured debt. Yeah, you, you, that's you, all. That's a B in your bonnet is car loans, isn't it? I would say car loans You've is probably one of my biggest yeah. Bs in my bonnet. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in our guide to home ownership, our actual hard copy of our guide, it's in there. It's on our website. Um, you know, I've even shared the meme to be like, when you're buying a house, do not buy a new car. Yeah. And... I've even had consumers that we have a pre-approval for. And, you know, maybe there's some room in the ratios. And they write me, they're like, Clinton, I think I'm going to buy a new car. Please cease and desist <laughs> immediately. <laughs> and you know what? The people that are listening that are working at car dealerships, and if you work in the you have car clients, business, I'm sure that are we definitely have clients. Yeah. Cars are a necessary thing. They're usually a depreciating asset, but they're necessary. And everyone needs a car, probably in Halifax. We have a very driving culture, so I understand you need it. But you don't need to go out and buy a new car when you're buying a house, usually. Yes. People Especially when you've got an offer and you're waiting for it to close. People, st people still do it. Trust me, they do uh, yeah. it. And it's like the shock and dismay. Yeah. You know, I find the number one issue is new construction. It takes a long time to get a new construction completed. So guess what? Sometimes we need a new credit bureau. What pops up? New vehicle. New vehicle. F-150. Ouch. 800 Ouch. a month. Oh, no. Here's the one thing. Not many people can buy new cars right now because there's not a lot of inventory, just yeah, like there's exactly. not a lot of inventory of new homes. So you drive by these car dealerships. There's no cars. I had my vehicle in to get service this, this weekend. Guess what? No cars there. They have a whole dealership of all these vintage cars on display. Yeah. There's not a new car there to buy. Would they ever love a trade-in from you, though? I mean, they would. They'd probably pay me top dollar, but then I wouldn't have a car. So you yeah. know what? It's, it's the same thing. And you know what? I'm in looking actively to buy a new home. Mm -hmm. I've, I've joked about, you know, I'm going to buy the cottage on the shore. I'm looking for that too. But I'm actively looking for a new home in Halifax. So guess what? I'm not going to go buy a new vehicle. I know better to take my own advice. You know, I, like I, mm -hmm. you know, I can listen to myself. So we've talked about credit and we've talked about income. And that really sometimes is the debt uh, to income ratio. Want to buy my place in Spryfield? 
your place in Spryfield, sure. the asset has really increased. It has. So, you know, that's a little side note for Todd and I to chat about later. And maybe yeah. we'll talk about this later in the month. Yeah. But um, the other thing that's really important is asset. Mm -hmm. And we can't just think that, okay, we have good income, we have good credit, we can buy a home. You still need to have the assets. And the assets could be our RSP, it could be savings, it could be a gift from mother, father, brother, sister. The assets are just a very important piece of the pie. And the minimum down payment in Canada is 5% of, of the purchase price for the first $500,000. Um, and that then you would need to get a high ratio insured mortgage. And uh, you know we can certainly go down the rabbit hole of all of the mechanics of mortgage lending. And you know we're certainly gonna drill down into this income and the assets and the credit. And uh, we'll certainly really want you to phone in and ask us all kinds of great questions. Um, later this month all right, we'll be so, live on the air. So to that, let's tee up the rest of the month. Let everybody know what they can expect here in it, City News 95.7. It's going to be financial literacy all month, all through November. We're going to be doing two live shows and we're going to do phone-ins. So if you really do want to get on the air, we'll certainly tee that up and Todd will obviously let the listeners know. Yes, uh, I'm going to take calls live on the air. Yep. And at the end of the month, we're going to really talk about how can we keep financial literacy month going all through the year because really we want our consumers, we want our listeners to be in the best financial position that they can be going into 2022. You know, we've gone through a hard couple of years here, Todd, mm -hmm. and you know, there's going to be a light at the end of the tunnel. And you know, we're going to talk about other things like inflation and probably the Bank of Canada. We'll and talk a lot more about mortgage lending and real estate. Lovely. Thank you so much. It's been a great chat as always. Thanks for having me. We'll do it all month, all November. Thank you. Thanks, Todd. That's Clinton Wilkins, myself, Todd Vino. Uh, Mortgage 101, your guide to home ownership, financial literacy month. We'll be talking all month. We'll be back on City News 95.7. Thanks for listening.